welcome to the Fuel Your Soul podcast. I'm Kay. And I'm Taylor. Kay and I are friends who are united in our passion for our Catholic faith, which is how this podcast came to be. Every Wednesday, we're talking all about faith, dating, friendships, career decisions, and more. So pour yourself a cup of coffee, wine, or a cocktail and get ready to fuel your soul. This is the Fuel Your Soul podcast. Hello, Fuel Your Soul listeners. Taylor here. Welcome back to another episode with Father Mark Mary. We really wanted to talk about sex with Father Mark Mary because he is a young and cool priest that we felt comfortable opening up about this topic. We know we have a variety of listeners, and whether you're a girl that's saving herself for marriage and wants to understand why the church teaches about chastity, or you're a woman that may be ashamed of your sexual past, Father Mark Mary explains it all in this episode. This topic can be uncomfy, but I think it's a very important conversation that we all want to have. So with no further ado, let's talk about sex and chastity with Father Mark Mary and why the church cares about sex so much. Yeah, we care about sex because we care about human hearts. And that's like, um, we we were created with an order. We were created with um, like objective dimensions to the human heart. And when we act according to that, sweet, good things happen. And when we don't, things that were not like broken hearts happen, you know? And, and a lot of, not just broken hearts, but like devastated and crushed hearts happen. Um. I'll just share like an example. Mm-hmm. Is that all right? First of all, I don't yeah. know that we really need like, I think if we, my whole life um, from being a, like a teenager and up and doing youth ministry work and young adult work, like uh, I don't think we need a ton of examples out there to realize that like using our bodies in a way which isn't in accord with our dignity is like hurtful to us. I think most of your listeners at this point have some of their own personal experiences to fall back on, um, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess I'll use this example. I was on, I was living in Honduras as a friar and I was just, I'd just been in the state. So I was just returning back and I'm on a plane and in come this, they're like, they're a group of women college soccer players from a university. They're going down to Honduras cause they're going to do some like medical mission. And uh, one of the girls sits next to me, just like a totally beautiful girl. And we start talking, whatever. I say, yeah, I'm a friar, poverty, chastity, obedience, priest. And she's like, it's it's like literally like the peanuts hadn't even been passed out yet. And she was like, <laughs> uh, I don't agree with the church's teaching on um, premarital sex. And I was like, okay, not much for small talk. Um <laughs> It was like super fascinating. It was like, okay, this is an interesting, interesting. I'm sure when people see like, uh, it's not your habit. I don't remember what it's called. Habit, habit, habit. Like good habit, bad habit. (laughs) I'm sure when people see you wearing that, you just get some crazy conversations that it's got to be just a great conversation starter. It, it often is, or it can be like super intimidating because it's like, this guy's weird and he's going to do something weird. And so I'm not going to look at him. It's got to be the right time of day, I suppose. Yeah, it depends on the person. Um, I mostly just feel bad because it's like, it's just like full length robe, right? And I just have like a lot of material. And so it's like, and I have like this weird rope belt and a rosary and like my, I'm just like, 
I might wear a Nike sweatshirt over it. But I'm wearing (laughs) one right now. Nike sweatshirt right now. But I'm just like, I'm going to get in their space a little bit and I feel bad about it. And I got like, I just, yeah, you know, I'm just. It's the Hobbit life. It's the Hobbit life. (laughs) It's the Hobbit life. Um, And I just like, we're, you know, it's like a plane for five hours. It's like super close quarters. I'm like, I know I look weird. I'm not weird, but you're not even going to talk to me to let me let like, I'm not gonna let you know I'm not weird. Cause you're scared of me. I'm sorry if you feel uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> and mostly I just want to take a nap. So sometimes like it's on me. Um, <laughs> but that's anyway, traveling as a friar. It's unique. It's okay. Unique. Wait. So I sidetracked you from your story. Was that yep, it? I'm, no, no, no. I'm back. I'm back. Kate. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just going with the flow. So, so anyway, she's like, "Yeah, I don't agree with the church's teaching on sex." And she's like, kind of goes through the whole thing, like, you know, you got to try it out. It's no big deal. It's fun. I enjoy it. Um, <laughs> she's living with her. She's living at this point with her boyfriend of three months. They moved in together. He's a professional football player. And again, so she's a she's a she's a 22 year old college student, collegiate athlete, uh, living with a professional football player. It's like, it seems like, oh, that seems like a pretty good, like, you know, coming into freshman year of college, if you said that was going to be your senior year situation for a lot of girls, it's like, sweet, like, I'll take it. Um, <laughs> and and then we kind of keep talking about it. And I'm just asking her more questions, letting her hear her story or letting her share her story. And probably after maybe an hour and a half, just kind of her listening or her sharing and me listening, she tells about, she talks about how whatever it was like junior year of college, she studied abroad. And so she did a semester abroad. And, um, while she was gone, her, her boyfriend ended up sleeping with her roommate who was her best friend. Right. And how it like totally crushed her and totally ruined her. And, um, now she's living with this guy because it's like, whatever, it's no big deal. And at some point I just said, like, do you, like, do you believe like love is possible for you? Do you, do you, do you like believe in love? And she's, she's was like, I don't, I don't know that I do. I don't, I don't think I do. And here's this, this 22 year old girl, 22 year old young woman, beautiful, talented. And she, she already, she, she, at this point in her life, because of life experience, didn't know if love was possible, like what mm-hmm. discouragement and what lack of hope. But what we have a hard time connecting the dots with is that like this culture of sort of, uh, of kind of like no rule of sex, it doesn't just stay in a little box, right? Like it, it actually like we, it leads into this like kind of prom, promiscuous type of culture and where there's a promiscuous type of culture, that is like the foundation on which cheating, you know, happens. And we just miss the whole picture together. And it's like this thing she defended, which is like, my, like I can have my body, my choice, my sex, whenever I want to have it, whatever like she didn't see like that it was this same thing that had broken her heart and destroyed her heart and kind of robbed her of any hope of love. And so again, it's because of that girl, right? It's because of that heart um, that, that we take serious, that we take sex serious because her story is just not just her story, but it's, it's so common. Yeah. I was going to say, father, I think I'm sure a lot of girls listening have probably gone through, similar situations and I like how you pointed out that it it doesn't just stay in a box it 
it does affect other parts of the way we think. Totally. Like, just thinking about the music we listen to, the entertainment we see on TV. And I, th- I think it just, like, snowballs, almost. And then you become desensitized. And and I, I guess where I'm, like, going is, like, even it, – it might not seem like a very significant thing, but it's going to affect you in other ways. Yeah, and there's just this – We no, one, no one's going to – like, we can't force you to, like – wait until you get married to have sex we can we can invite you to it we can share all the reasons for it and and literally thousands of years of experience of paying attention to human heart and human human beings as they have tried to navigate their sexuality and you just don't you don't have to learn the hard way you don't have to hit rock bottom you don't have to burn your hand to know that this thing is hot right and so that's that's what we're doing is just trying to share like no like this this like do whatever you want with your body. Like it just, it's not good for you and it's going to hurt you. And I don't want you to get hurt. Can we um, give more tangibles on what the church teaches and why other than we just care about hearts? Cause I like, what is the love that God desires for us? What is a true authentic love? So I think that's great, right? We look at the good, we look at the, we look at the, um, what it's supposed to look like. And certainly it's, uh, look at this marriage marriage is meant to be a sacrament a sign of God's love for his people so it's a love which is like it's faithful it's a love which is particular like he loves each of us individually it's a love which is fruitful it's a love which is committed it's a love which is forever and so our own love as we're made in the image and likeness of God is meant to be to share in and reflect God's own love for us and so our love is meant to be a love which is like particular, a love which is committed, a love which is for life, a love which is fruitful. And so when we take the understanding of love and then we unpack and, and, and look at sexuality through it, it's right like um, the proper context for sex, for this, this act which has the capacity of bringing about a new life in it, a life which um, is, has a soul which is forever, the context of that is like a permanent relationship, a permanent, uh, committed, loving relationship, which is marriage, right? Um, so that's that. Help me out with um, any sort of questions, any nuance, any side topics that you want to talk about, Taylor. Yeah, can we? So talking like a little bit more specifically about marriage. Like I'm, I guess I'm trying to just like be like devil's advocate and throw questions at you that I know I think our listeners are thinking, but like, what is it about marriage that like makes it different? Like say you're someone who is in a committed relationship, you're even engaged. Yeah. What is it about marriage? Um, Getting really specific. <laughs> yeah. What is it about specific that's different from, in, from engagement? Yeah. Like from, from, from having, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and it's not it's not so you know um, from the beginning as it was desired like marriage is like marriage is forever, right? Like now because of divorce culture and it and it's it's so ubiquitous it's so everywhere. It's hard for us to really think of marriage as like a permanent thing, but what you haven't done when you're engaged that you have done when you're married is actually made the commitment. 
right? You've actually, like, you've actually, especially with grace and sacrament, like, you've actually become one. Um, and you have not only given to your spouse or to the other your, your present and your past, but you've given them and, and promised them your whole future as well. And until marriage happens, um, you haven't actually committed your future to that person in a way which is um, binding, which is a way in which is, it might be a strong word, but which is real. Um, there is a difference between being engaged and being married, married, and it's a big difference. But it's the grace and just the sacrament that is the main difference. Is that what you said? Um, I don't know if I would say a, a main, like, how would, how would we say it? Um, I'm trying to think of an example. It's like something actually happens. Like when you go, like when you go to confession, for example, and you come mm-hmm. and you feel sorry and you mm-hmm. bring your sins to the priest until the priest says, I absolve you of your sins in the name of the father and the son of the Holy spirit. Like you still have those same sins. And at mm-hmm. that word, something's different. Um, mm-hmm. Same with mass, right? There's bread and there's wine. And then through the priest and the power of the Holy Spirit, words are said, actions are done, and a change happens. And the same is true in marriage is you have the stuff, what we call the matter of the sacrament. Mm-hmm. But until it is actually receives the grace and is made what it was meant to be through the power of the Holy Spirit, um, you're not one flesh yet. You're not a married couple yet. Um, and so it's, it is the grace of the sacrament, but it's just one moment you're married and one moment you're not. And that's just like a, that's just totally different. Yeah. I feel like this topic, I don't think a lot of people often bring up with priests. I think a lot of people are ashamed maybe to talk about it, to learn more. And so I think it's good that we're covering it. Because uh, because people don't talk about it, not a lot of people are super knowledgeable on it. Um, yeah. Otherwise, my next question I was going to ask is kind of for the listener who has had sex before marriage and maybe feels shameful about it. And a lot of people, I think, are afraid to bring it up with a priest or even it's almost like they're afraid to go to church because they're scared of that judgment. Like, what kind of advice would you have to give to that girl? Yeah, I think that's a lie. I mean, the the one of the names that we use for the devil is like the accuser. And so it's like sin and temptation. What it's going to try and get you to do is to do something you shouldn't have. You shouldn't do that's bad for you. And then to say, like, I can't believe you did that. But that's not that's not mm-hmm. the Lord's voice. That's not how the Lord works. The Lord, he's going to say, like, don't do that. Like, come do this. This is better. But then if you mess up, it's like, okay, come back to me. Like all mm-hmm. throughout the gospels, he talks about how he came, he came not to not for the 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 those who are like healthy, but those who are sick, not those who are righteous, but the sinner. Like it is, it is like the Lord wants to heal you, and the Lord wants to forgive you, and the Lord wants to make you new. And that is why he came, right? John 3 16, not to condemn the world, but to save it. Like, and myself as a priest. Literally, the desire which burned through all other desires. The reason that I became a priest and like broke up with my girlfriend and chose this way of life is um, so that I can be there to receive people home, um, so that I can be there 
to receive your sins and to offer you God's forgiveness, to, to receive your guilt and to offer you hope, to give her you, to like receive this like sort of like this, this internal like death and to bring you back to life. Like I want nothing more than to be there and to receive you and to be the instrument for God's restoring you. Um, there's, there's this line from this priest that said like human beings are like, but essentially if they're condemned, they're bound to their successes because they have nowhere to take their failures. But we, ha- we have a place to take our failures and we have a place to take our shortcomings and our mistakes. And the Lord just deeply desires that. And um, like, it breaks my heart and I, and it's a lie from the devil that like you, sh- like your, your past is stronger than what God wants to do with your future. Um, or that like, you're too broken to be loved or that you're too broken to be healed. Like that is all, that is all a lie. And to cast out that lie and to heal those hearts is literally my one desire in my entire life. Mm. And I think the devil too tries to tell us that we're alone in our sin and we're isolated and no one has ever done, done anything worse than we have and really just makes us feel really little. But I think there's something too, to, to, bringing it to someone else to tell you, Hey, you're not alone in this. Yeah. Um, we spoke with another priest who said, you cannot surprise me at this point in confession. Like don't ever feel ashamed. Yeah. And, and they're not there to judge you. They're there to support you um, and help you and to show you love. So I think there's, there's power in talking about it and, and finding community and knowing that you're, you're not alone and no one's judging yeah. you for it. You're yeah. not surprising anyone. Yeah. You know, like there's the joke, like there's only one original sin. Like, you know, um, cause we all, we all like human beings, some like a lot, we share, we, a lot of us, we wrestle with some of the same stuff. Right. And so like, and that's like you said, I think one of the great temptations is to be like, I can't believe you did this. You're all alone in it. People struggle. People have struggle with image. People have struggle with food, with drinking. People have struggles with sexuality. It's not unique to you to have struggles, right? And and the Lord, the Lord sees it and He wants to heal it and He wants to restore it and uh, wants wants you to be loved in it. And right, like one of our our priests, Father Innocent, he has a really great line. He'll say to penitents sometimes, like people coming to confession, "Do you think that God loves you more now?" Like when they they still have all their sins, they haven't received absolution. Does God love you more now, or does He love you more after you've received absolution? And most of them think it's after, but His love for us doesn't change based on how good we do or how bad we do. Like His love for us is constant. Your sins and your weaknesses do not define you. Like the Father, the Heavenly Father, just loves you, and because He loves you, He wants to heal you. But if you're broken and beat up and still living a sinful life, like it doesn't reduce his love and his desire for you. Um, I think I love. Go ahead, Taylor. I, sorry, I love that you've said that. And Father Mark Mary, I just wanted to bring up another scenario or girl that may be listening. Yeah. Um, I can specifically relate to this myself, um, where we do kind of have a broken past and we do feel like, you know, we have received. Um, God's mercy and and we feel like a new life and we desire um, a peer relationship and to do the next one when we do feel called to marry very, very right. Um, and what are the steps or tangible things that we can help hold ourselves account, accountable 
and um, really strive to to live out the love God desires for yeah. us. Yeah, great. And again, like I think I think hope is is really where we want to begin. Like um, your history, your history does not define your future. Right. And as, as you bring your life as you are to God, like he is in the business of making all things new. And um, and so we focus on him and his capacity to make all things new. All right. But it's it's not sincerity isn't enough. Like you got to have a strategy as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for sure. And and so you take it slow. You take it slow. You take it little by little. You have some other people who who you're walking with, who are mentoring you. Um you know, I think conversations are great, getting things out there in the open so that he and you both like know like what you're going for, that you're on the same page. You know, that's a great start. And then, um, I mean, you just kind of learn. You got to learn. You're like, you got to pay attention to yourself. You got to pay attention to the other guy. Like, you, there's an, are you familiar with the concept of occasion of sin? Um, a little bit, but can you explain it? Sure. It's basically, it's like, if you're, if you're in a particular situation, there's a likelihood that a particular action will follow. Like if, um, whatever, if an alcoholic is at a bar, there's a a likelihood they're going to get a drink. Like if, if a boy and a girl who like each other are together in like a room by themselves for an extended period of time, like typically that goes somewhere. And if you don't want it to go, that's that, that place, um, you win the battle by not ending up in that situation, right? Because mm-hmm. once you're in it, it's going to be really hard to say no. And so, and so, one of the it's just like, okay, like we're going to date, we're going to hang out, but whatever. I'm not going to go spend the night in his apartment, or we're not going to go drinking and then go hang out, like in whatever, watch movies in his Nothing apartment. Nothing good leads after that. Nothing. Correct. Correct. Um, and so you just have to take that serious. Um, but again, I think having some people in your life who who can support you and encourage you, um, yeah, that, that's super important. Can you give our girls maybe a little pep talk? Because I felt this the other day where I've just, I feel, you know, just so transformed in Christ. And I recently met like a really great Catholic guy. And there was a little bit bit part of me like in deep down in my stomach in my heart where I was like Taylor you don't deserve this like you and then it's like you have to stop and like tell yourself shut up Taylor you deserve you deserve a good Catholic man like you deserve this you know and just kind of give them a little pep talk on I mean you kind of already have that you're not your past but um yeah I mean that's just straight like that's just a straight up lie you know what I mean like like are you kidding Mm -hmm. and and just like look at the world, right? Like look at the sunset, look at the mountains, look at the oceans. Like God has created all of this goodness for you, right? Because he loves you so much. He just like, he created all, all of this stuff just so that you can have a chance to enjoy it. Like God's God created you to be happy and he created you to have a full life and a heart, which is just like, boom, like overflowing. And so any lie that's like, nah, you don't deserve this. You're not like whatever, whatever, whatever. Like that's just a straight up lie. And, um, like Satan's real and his lies are real and we just got to send them back to hell. Like that is not, Mm -hmm. that is just not true. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of girls maybe fall into the temptation because I think society has told us that if, if you don't 
you're not going to find a significant other. And I think a lot of girls are scared of being alone. Um, and I guess, do you have any advice for that girl who is afraid of not finding someone? Yeah. I mean, I, the struggle's real. Um, sleeping with somebody isn't the answer though. Mm. You know, like, um, I don't know that I know anybody who has become less insecure in their relationship with a guy because they started having sex with them. Like, like that's just, that's, that's not, that's not the answer. And, Mm -hmm. um, and it's not a way to keep them interested either. Like sex, you can get anywhere. I mean, that's just true. Like it's there, there, yeah, I don't really, there is a dimension to that, right? Like, um, this is something that happens a lot. Like we meet people who have been engaged for, or dating, say they've been dating for like five or six years and she wants to get married. And the reason he had, like you can, I don't know everyone's situation, but with almost without a doubt, you can just assume they're sleeping together. Cause he like, he's what is like, he's got, if essentially he's, he, what else, what changes if he gets married or not other than some sort of commitment? Cause he's already got like uh, her friendship and he's also got her body. And so it's just, um, yeah, it's not just on the women by any stretch, but there is a real thing that for, for the love to grow, to like, to grow even more passionate and more intense, like abstinence grows the love, um, and grows Mm -hmm. the desire. It doesn't, it doesn't, um, decrease it. Mm -hmm. And God, God made our hearts for abstinence because it's through abstinence that our hearts grow in love. Yeah. Yeah. And ask any married, I mean, I don't know who you want to ask this question to, but like, um, sex is a big deal for like a year and then it becomes a lot less of a big deal, you know? And, um, like, it's just, it's not everything and it, it's a thing, but it's not everything. Um, I like that you pointed that out. Cause I think society would tell us it is. You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm that oh like how can you not like test drive the car before you know like you buy the car like how can you not have sex before marriage like it's such a foreign concept in today's culture mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure just so, but it's just like such a that that argument in particular is like such a ridiculous thing it's like yeah we want to hear it from your perspective though you're it, yeah whoever your partner is and if you've like you've saved yourself like you're holding out for having sex until you're married like you're gonna enjoy it you're gonna be fine you can you can figure it out together right like people have been figuring this out for a long time like and if you got the rest of your life to figure it out like what works for you too like i'm i'm not concerned about anyone getting married about whether or not like they're gonna be able to enjoy sex because people have just been doing that forever (laughs) wise words Like, it's not not complicated. Yeah. And I I appreciate you talking about this topic with us because I think it, like I said, it's it's a topic that a lot of girls are afraid to bring up to the church because they're afraid of being judged. Um, And so they just, we don't hear much about it. Um, And I think there's a lot of opportunity for people to grow from this conversation that we're having. So, yeah. And I think it's, it's, it's like, I, I'm a, I have a vow, I have a, a vow of, of chastity, which basically means celibacy. 
and that's like a real thing. And I think for the it's rest not, of your life for my entire life. And I took, I took the vow when I was, whatever, I was 24 years old. Um, do I seem like miserable? Like, it's no. just like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I think know, a lot of people, yeah. sorry, not to cut you off, but I, I think you're making a great point that a lot of people think um, if you're not having sex and you're not going to be happy. And that is definitely not the case. Yeah. Like it's a great thing and it's, or it's a good thing. It's a great thing. And it has a particular context um, in which it, it kind of thrives, but you you can like, I, I, you can, we have people who are living celibacy for their whole lives. Like you can be cool to wait until you're like 25 or whatever. You can wait five <laughs> years. You'll be okay. I promise. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Fuel Your Soul podcast. Like Father Mark Mary said, the church cares about sex because they care about hearts. Your past is not stronger than what God wants to do with your future, and you are never too broken to be healed. Hope is where you can begin and bring your life to God as you are now, and He is in the business of making all things new. Thanks for tuning in, and make sure to subscribe and give us a five-star review. Thank you. Catch you in the next episode.